yes ma'am we are back again megan sheen is coming back at you like melba moore <laughs> i'm nick and i'm victor laughing at melba moore <laughs> and this is your podcast for all gay and geek news from a black queer perspective ah another week another day closer to what they the seasons were supposed to say uh, spring is but i ain't seen that bitch but what's everybody's going on? What's going on, Victor? Well, you know, I'm, I'm sad that you're not having that spring. We had all we've been having beautiful days here in, in Los Angeles. Um, but <laughs> but I'm about to no, I'm about to go through it because I'm going to be in New York all next week. Um, so, and I don't know what the weather is like, and I really don't want to pick, take this coat with me. I have packed. I'm using one of my favorite luggage that I is small enough but not it's big enough and small enough to where I don't have to worry about lugging it everywhere so I'm hoping I can still use it but besides that I am good um just um enjoying the weather getting ready for this trip and getting ready for Universal Fan Con too at the same time exactly and speaking of enjoying we have the honor and privilege of being joined by You might have heard him on Fan Bros. You might have seen him on Twitter. He was a writer for Sci-Fi Wire. Uh, All around good person. (laughs) So we have Ty the Robot. Hi, guys. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. So what has been going on with you, Ty, this past week or so? Um, you know, I feel like besides work, I think I'm I'm still looking for my edges after Saturday Night's Beyonce attack. Ooh, yeah, we're gonna talk about that because we'll, we'll jump on that in like Amaze T, but I, I can't seem to find them anywhere. They just they just they just went missing. Yes. Well, I'm bald, so you know I'm just gonna stay bald <laughs> for the rest of the year. <laughs> Well, you know what? Since we already kind of opened it up, let's just go ahead and, and just pour this tea and start out with with talking about Miss uh, Bay and you know Beyonce and Baychella because that it's funny because I found myself rushing back home and it was eleven o'clock here to sit down and watch this and I I didn't know what to expect I didn't know what to expect I was leaving the club then. Because, you know, the clubs down here close like at 2.30. So, boyfriend was getting his shit off for, from direct, the drag show. And I was like, wait a minute. Something's going on that I forgot. And I looked down at my phone. I was like, yes. So, I was like, we got to go. We How fast did you run home? Listen, I stopped by Waffle House, got me something to eat. And I was like, listen, <laughs> don't bother me. Do not bother me right now. Cause, and I was, you know, slightly tipsy. I was that was a black-ass experience. It was. And if there's any indication that you didn't think that Beyonce was black, here's further evidence that she is black and woke as fuck. I wonder who are the ones who still don't. Go ahead, Ty. Yeah. Hey, she's not black. She's, like, black as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) She is not only, like, she's not a black girl, she's that black girl. Exactly. Like that first five seconds when she came walking down there like Akasha in that 
Hey, you I, know I love a, I love a cape. <laughs> <laughs> I love a cape. It was like Akasha meets School Days uh, yes. 2018 meets Storm. the Yard meets. It was just. It was a lot. Are you sad? Are you sad that we didn't get to see more of that uh, that that Nefertiti Akasha get up? You know what? <laughs> I'm not because. Well. I don't know. You know what? I'm not. I'm not too mad that we didn't see more of it because there was more to come. Yeah. And you I mean she can give us costumes yeah. at a later date. But now at Coachella, I bet it was hot as hell. You know, I don't know. She didn't need that cape in her way. Yeah. I'm gonna give y'all this fantasy right quick, but then I'm gonna get it to some choreo. It's it's funny because when I first saw that, it was like you, I did think of, I didn't think of Akasha, but I thought of Storm. I thought of Jane Duzon. I think about that, that scene in school days when they were at the parade and when they opened up that thing and she came the out. Pyramid. And, pyramid. Yeah, and I was like, look oh at her. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> it's like, look at her giving us some, some Jane. G5G. It was that, it was that whole presence. It gave me some, a little bit of vamp. You know, that movie with Grace Jones as she was an Egyptian vampire. It gave me a little bit of just all that and it was like this is what I expect and I was sitting there thinking look at the gay kids because you know they're going to be prancing around doing that little two side step thing every time she would walk a few steps and do a little two step thing and everything you're going to see them doing that hell you're going to see me doing that like I don't know you just it was just the fact that it was just beautiful the music was just that just that part alone I play that intro by itself and I get life that's how I wake up in the office. It's like, just play this scene right here. I was just about to say, it's a great way to start the day. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. What were some of your all favorite parts of it? I kind of love that right after that, uh, the introduction where she walks up there with the cane and the outfit. Immediately she switches into like, I'm in a sweater, I'm in my short shorts, and I'm in my, my, my homecoming boots because we're going to party. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, listen, you guys realize I've been gone for a minute. You haven't seen me on the stage. And we're going to have a good time. Exactly. Yeah. I teared up when she started singing and lift every voice and sing. Like, and I don't tear up with Beyonce songs, like, mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So, like, her, that was, to me, when she did that, she was like, look, this is for my people. You know, I know that shit ain't what it used to be. And, you know... We've been Say that again. Stuff. <laughs> Listen, so this is, I love everybody, but this is for my niggas. Yeah. And if I uh, heard correctly, did the band play a little bit of down for my niggas? Or was that just me being hooked? Oh, no, they did. They yeah. Okay, I thought they did. so. Yeah, they did. They did. Oh, my God. It, it takes me back to college days. And, oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Um, day, that song still goes hard. Yeah. I think some of my favorite parts was, yeah, I love the fact that she had on. And what I was explaining to my students was that outfit, the, her homecoming outfit, is that is what we used to wear when we used to go to the parties. Like, you always wore, like, you know, some type of shirt you made up. Like, for example, we used to be in, <laughs> God, we used to be in two things. We were in a little brother organization to AKAs called the Emerald Knights. And we used yes, to. Yes, Emerald Knights. <laughs> <laughs> I'll post. Actually, I've posted a picture of that. I might post it again. Uh, but we were a little. Did brother's... you have your green and pink paraphernalia? Um, I, we had. We were mostly green. I secretly had 
aka paraphernalia, but we didn't. We, let's not talk about that. But um, <laughs> my name was my name was was my line name. I was in one, and I was pretentious night. Um, just, oh girl! Yeah, because I was I was I was that girl, and so therefore um, had that name. But it reminded me of what we used to do. Um, we used to go out to the clubs, and I and I was laughing because I said one picture that I always post on Twitter is sometimes me and my three friends. We are in white t-shirts and I have my flip in my permed hair and but we used to do that and cut off khakis or cut off shorts and when I'm looking at Beyonce it reminded me of that's what you used to do you and your crew would have like your little homemade t-shirts your little nicknames like I think I was cocoa butter or butter pecan whatever that other name was when we were doing all right um, <laughs> when we were <laughs> When we were doing um, PABs or Pretty Ass Bitches, where we used to do, it's like the stupid thing we used to do as gay boys in college. Oh, but, you couldn't tell, tell her nothing. But no, we used to, have, that was our little nicknames. And when I saw that, I was like, she, she, that, that's real. I said, that's what we used to do. So I love to see her do that. I love the little dances she was doing. That one particular part when she, that one set, when she announced that, you know, being the first black woman to to headline Coachella, that set looked amazing. It was kind of dark with that red sun looking thing. Uh-huh. And I was like, that right there is beautiful. Beautiful. And it's crazy to think that it only took them a month to prep for this. <laughs> really? Just, oh, damn. You know what, like, though, y'all? But we, but you know that can't. Yeah, a month is fine. If you don't, okay, no, no, no shade. But if you don't really have a, they don't, they're not working like we are. So if we had a month, that's, but that's surreal. Yeah, that's just you, real. Yeah, if you had a month where you know you're not working a nine to five, you got the time to do it. You can put. Well, you can do something. That like is that. her nine to five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's her like her nine to nine to be honest. Yeah. Like that's her whole life. Yeah. I, there were so many parts I loved. Like the dancing was top that was just a, that was a rich for me um when she brought out michelle and kelly i wasn't expecting that um and you know it was a old to the good old days um back when you didn't have to worry about bills and whatnot <laughs> um i saw there that she was, <laughs> <laughs> i saw that she was holding on to michelle was she didn't want her to fall down them steps i was like well yeah <laughs> but uh it was just it was just too it was too much it was like it was over it was over for me like yeah she gave me everything yeah. them um women dancing in heels on that them benches like they didn't if one slip would fall and break their neck like they didn't give a damn she had violinists all female all black it was just, it was the old to black colleges and that whole feeling of homecoming, mm-hmm. which I just love. Yeah. I was just about to say that it felt like a homecoming weekend performance. Yeah. Yeah. I could almost smell the food. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was really nice. It was just nice to see that. But, you know, I, not to be petty, but I struggle with, you know, every once in a while, you will see these folks talk about, you know, their faves and, you know. Um, Ariana and Carly Way Jimson and these people coming out. They these these queens are coming out. And I'm always like sitting here going, how can y'all be excited about that, knowing that they're not at? You can't compare them. Yes, you cannot compare them. But at the same time, like you know, when you have Beyonce, 
You can throw Rihanna in there. How can you look at others besides the ones before them, like Janet and all them? Because, you know, I think of how Janet used to do, how she used to come out. I remember when I went to see Janet in Rhythm Nation and then other things. Like, I, I look at my faves and I'm like, how can y'all even talk about other people in the same breath or in the same realm? After, you know, I feel like that Beyonce is giving you so much. It's hard for me to even think about somebody else. You know, like, I... I you know, I give the young gays credit for thinking about Ariana Ariana Grande, whatever her name is. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> I, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, how can y'all even talk about that? How can you think about Taylor Swift? How can you, what do they do for y'all that this woman already can do ten times more? Like, I don't. That's me. That's my weird thinking. But I'm always like, how can y'all even have others? It's generational. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It's just like. I, I'm in the same boat and a lot of people, you know, like they say, oh, Beyonce can't do this. Beyonce can't do that. Well, okay. So who's giving you all these vocals plus opera? Yeah, opera gave you some fan of the opera over here. Right. Give you all this choreography, not losing her pitch or breath or key. And a two-hour show. And not lip-syncing parts like Mariah. You know, just giving you full-on show that you that you didn't even ask for, but you was going to get anyway. You know what I mean? It was like that. Right. She could have went out there, did one number, and said, that's it. <laughs> y'all still would have got y'all fucking lives. So let's not be cute and saying, uh, Beyonce can't do this, Beyonce can't do that. Because y'all motherfuckers would have been in the front row if y'all had Coachella money any damn way. was just, oof. <laughs> none of us I mean I'm not trying to like carve out that kind of money just to go see Beyonce yeah. I'll just go to one of her shows yeah right Body, like if, any, if someone offered you a ticket you would absolutely say yes yes uh-huh. yeah I mean I love the fact that what I love about her is the fact that she is inspirational I do think about and I think about it from like a young gay person of color you know because I think about growing up and Janet was mine um, that we used to always turn to, you know, to give us that 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 stuff that Beyonce has given the younger generation now. But it's like, you know, I think of like what she's doing. She's inspiring them to think. She's inspiring a lot of these young gays to to you know to be creative and go out there and 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 show off and be something and don't be worried about your looks, your weight. You know, I love that Beyonce had people of people of different sizes in her dance squad dancing. There was a. Um, a plus size dancer in the front row um, uh-huh. that was just killing it. And I love that the fact that when you on Twitter right now, you can see plenty of people, you know, plus size people doing the routines. And I love that this, she's inspiring people in so many different ways to, you know, to do all these great things. And I love that, you know, I think about the young gay boys who got, who have, you know, this opportunity to like dance and to be out there and, and not to be ashamed of themselves. And, you know, I like that she inspires that. And people, so that's why I always talk about, like, how do these other people inspire? When I think about what she's doing, especially for us, because I think she's more big for us. Um, so, you know, I'm always, you know, I love the fact that here, she, I think she's, what, 36, 37, out here giving you so much stuff. Um, and I love that she continues to be a, a strong horse when it comes to like work ethic and everything so i'm just like man thank you for doing that i was hurt to see how much that merchandise cost at coachella of hers but uh, oh. 
I didn't see the prices, but I knew I was going to be upset with if I did. The jacket was 450 It looks good, though. But, you know, the truth is, you know how we're going to do it. People going to go out there and get these jackets. They're going to make their own jackets and everything. Selling, they're already selling copies on Instagram. Oh, my God. I mean, you can't expect to pay for Beyonce gear mm. with rainbow prices. And you know how we are. We creative anyway, so we gonna go home, sew up some stuff. Oh, you know yeah. people already have their custom like, what is what's the Beyonce Delta No Knowles her fraternity? Yeah, they have right. Their own they custom outfits already. Well, yeah. Well, I'm you already pleasure. Well, you know the funny thing is that's funny that you mentioned that because right now, in Crenshaw, there are T-shirts already being sold out here in front of Walmart. Well, not the Walmart, but out here at the Crenshaw Mall. Um, they're also being sold in Hollywood on the street. <laughs> so they're doing it already. Cause I saw it, I was like, you know what? I'm tempted to buy one, but I'm but I'm gonna be, I'm gonna make my own on custom ink. But I'm just saying that because I want mine kind of cute. But they already doing this, and I love it. I love it. Can I piggyback off of your uh, statement about what she, how she's inspiring? Yeah. So I love that she does inspire people, especially people of color, especially women and queer people of color. I love Mm -hmm. that she inspires them to pursue their goals because, but I, I, what I like more in this age of social media and transparency is that she's honest about the work that it takes. They go to do it. They they don't think it's going to happen overnight. I'm just going to turn into a Beyonce or at least like the popping girl. You're going to have to put in that work and that effort. Cause I don't think people realize like she's been doing this for some odd, like, uh, means mm-hmm. that for the better part of her life she has been on a stage and been working yeah yeah you're right and it's not so I, easy doing that shit day after day you your body's hurting your voice is exactly. fucked exactly like my biggest thing with her, like when i was I was like okay she's 36 now she's had three kids is she gonna be dancing like she used to and sure enough she proved that she still got it uh-huh mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad that in this age of social media and with someone like her, she's able to show you like, look guys, like I press for this, I work for this. A month beforehand, I'm my diet is changing because I have to be up there and like I got to be in, in work mode. Yeah, that's true. That's it ain't true. no joke. It's not a joke, and I love that. Like I said, I was I was I don't know why I was inspired, and it was like around one something in the morning. And I was like, okay, I'm inspired. I don't know what to do. I started just sitting down and start working on different things. Like I was just like, um, working on like working on pieces of a script. I was like, I'm. I was like, this is funny how I'm just inspired to do stuff. But also, it was just neat to know that that the fact that you know this black woman has changed the game in so many ways. Um, that it's just it's just crazy. And so that's why I always you know when I see. When I see white gay Twitter. I'm like, I, I was, I always like to know. I, that's why I always laugh. I'm like, y'all excited about you know these new people albums coming out or people I've never heard of. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just stick to what I know is good, and y'all, you know, let me know or you know. Some... I mean, they still act like Britney can dance. Ah, <sighs> oh, that poor baby. They don't need to do Britney Jean like that. And you know what? You know, Britney had her day. And even when I look back at her day, it wasn't really all that. Her dancing was just... You think it about... It was Disney Keats. Yeah, she she gave a lot of great arms and motions. <laughs> you said... Some Caucasian voguing. Okay. 
Because now I look at it, I look at the fact that some of her backup dancers can do that now. When your backup dancing dancers are uh, out dancing, you you have a problem. Mm -hmm. Have a very problem. So let's go ahead on and move on to another topic because we can spend all day talking about Beyonce. Okay. We really could. <laughs> so let's talk about Drag Race. Okay. <laughs> Wait, hold on. One okay. Second. So the girl Vixen's Drag Race, uh, you know, basically, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that one in a moment. Uh, so the girls were, uh, as they would have to do a ball, and so typically in the this episode they have to do three looks for three different categories, and this is an ode to uh, Paris is Burning to the uh, the ball scene back in the the heyday of the early 80s, 90s, and New York City and whatnot. So the categories were Alaskan winter realness, Miami summer realness, Mm -hmm. and the other one was uh, outer space type thing. And this was the overall theme was climate change. So the Alaskan one was actually the summer one, and the Miami one was the winter one. So it was kind of cool. Uh... There wasn't many much uh, drama during the actual show, uh, aside from Monique's history lesson. Well, not Monique, but Monet's history lesson about uh, English accents. Uh, it was that was a little strange, wasn't it? Though, and it was so odd. And I'm like, girl, where is that coming from? Don't know where she thought that that Brits got their accents from us. <sighs> well, it was a child left behind. I'll say give them a little more time because they probably... So, um, and prior to this, Monique thought that, um, in the previous episode, Monique thought that Mayhem had threw her under the bus, which I didn't think... If I tell you, if I say that, oh, it was your leadership that you told me to do something, how was that throwing you under the bus? I didn't get that. Um, Monique was pissed off at Mayhem, but, you know, whatever to start drama on the the TV show, whatever. I think she's expecting them to ride for her in a way that that they would if it wasn't a competition. Uh, That that probably could be. But then again, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Anywho. Um... The, uh, the bottom two ended up being, uh... Monet and Rusty, and they had to do a lip sync to what was it? Wait, uh, they, who was? Did you say Rusty? Dusty. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you ain't. I mean, <laughs> Rusty's not wrong, and neither is Dusty. Ooh. Right. So it was um, Monet and Dusty in the bottom two, and they had to do Nicki Minaj's uh, what was that? Ring the pound the alarm. And I already knew when that song hit. I was like, oh, this is not gonna be good for Dusty, cause. Yeah, she doesn't seem to be a Nikki type of girl. So uh, Monet, Monet won the, the challenge, well, won the lip sync, and Dusty went, sent, got sent home. Now, the real shit started in Untucked. So uh, the safe queens were, Aqu- uh, not Aquaria, it was uh, Blair, Mayhem, Eureka, Vixen, and Monique. 
So they were sitting backstage, and Eureka thought that she should have been in the top three. And I was like, girl, for what? Same. I don't know why she thought she should have been up there. <laughs> and if I see one more goddamn loaf on her fucking head, I'm going to say, okay, girl, please, just just stop. Just stop. You can't do any more loaves. <laughs> that whole building up. I'm like, girl, that is so mid-1990s drag. Like, and it's and an I, interesting choice because she's already a taller queen, isn't she? She is. She's like, I think, because uh, I know a couple of queens know her here. Uh, and she's like maybe like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. So mm. for her to build on top of that seems kind of, I don't know. You already, she's got a lot. She's got, and I, I don't mean this as a dig, but she's got a lot to work with, like body-wise. So I think she could be a little more creative than mm -hmm. just building up another loaf. Uh -huh. yeah. But, you know, you know, once, once a queen starts doing that and... They get one gig and they think that it's right for the seasons. Anyway, uh, so she was thinking that she was uh, safe and she made a comment. Uh, Monique and Vixen were talking about how Monique had to rig, um, I think it was one of the coats that she was wearing. And Eureka made the comment, said, Oh, you're a crafty queen. And they were like, um, Okay. Which I thought it was odd to say that, and then them to pause like that. But anyway, Vixen was talking, and Eureka was like, "Oh, let me answer." And she's like, "Let me finish. Let me finish." And then Monique started to say something, and Vixen proceeded to let her talk. And apparently, Eureka that lit a fire in Eureka's ass, and she got all bent out of shape about it, saying that, "Oh, you're different." Uh, to people, other people than to me, and you never liked me, and yada, 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 this, that, and third. And she came across as a bitch. And she came across as somebody that I already pegged her for that talks too fucking much. And when somebody jumps <laughs> down, jumps in that ass, then all of a sudden, you want to play the victim. And all I had called her. <laughs> I mean, me and Vixen from Chicago, so you know, it ain't no. <laughs> And see, I had called this last season because she was whining about her motherfucking leg like she's the only one person that got an injury. And I'm like, girl. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like, this is not an ACL. This is not like a football tournament. This, but still, whatever. Even so if you are hurt. Yeah, even if you are hurt, you don't really talk about that. You keep going. You keep but going. Then, then, I'm, I mean, to her credit, and I'm going to talk about the side of my mouth. Rue told her to leave to get better. So take that as you will. Which which was very kind. It was. Because mm -hmm. I would have been that bitch to let you uh, suffer. And then exactly. now I got I would have let you <laughs> end up failing on your own. Right. But then now I got insurance up my ass. And I have to pay like a, a settlement out for your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but Vixen and Eureka get into it. And you know... When Vixen says, like, don't come at me a certain way, then you're going to get it. Eureka got it. Sure. And she got it and then some. She's like, go have your fucking cigarette like I done told your ass. Told her to step off. And then when Eureka and Mayhem went backstage, she was like, oh, I was testing that bitch. Uh, she made an opinion about me before she even met me. Yada, yada, yada. This, that, and the third. I'm like, girl, who are you to do these arbitrary or these make-believe tests. You ain't nobody. 
this it seems so weird because they're in a competition so you would think the pressure of the competition itself is enough right and i'm like somebody just to for what uh, right for what i'm like girl what did that even accomplish it was just very you know that gif of uh Alyssa when she's talking to fifi i knew you were that girl i knew you were that girl yeah yeah, Eureka was that girl. But what's I what I love about Vixen is that even though she's quick to pop up, pop off, yeah, she's very concise. She's very clear. Which I think a lot of people, when they get mad or upset, they don't have the clarity that they need. They they want to have in the moment, and Vixen does. Uh-huh. Or she's able to clap back and clap back concisely and say, "Listen, this is why you're wrong." Barking at you now. Yeah. Exactly. Like when she told Eureka, I mean not Eureka, but Aquaria, if judging. If the judging wasn't taken into consideration, runway looks, then you bitching about the wig that I quote unquote borrow is invalid to the uh, your argument. So what are we really talking about? Mm. And I'm like, Eureka, let's not get it twisted. Because quite a, well, I'll take some stuff offline, but <laughs> I, mean, I, I know I know some stuff, and I know like. Basically, that cat suit that you wore last episode, or two episodes ago, you paid too much for. And I know who made it, too. Uh-uh. Fun fact about Aquaria. Let's hit it. So, I... Very first drag performance ever. Uh-huh. Years ago, but she started performing in clubs when she was, like, 17. Oh, wow. Yeah, hmm. she's been doing. I mean, she's already a performer because she's been an athlete her whole life. Mm-hmm. She's she's been performing in drag like like she's got five years experience as a drag queen, but like I think it's pretty fascinating. Unfortunately, what she doesn't have is the skill set to keep up with the older queens, <laughs> at least in personality and like speech. <laughs> right, because you know it's it's granted that drag now a lot more younger people are into it, but a lot of older girls look down at the younger crowd because they don't have an appreciation for what they went through or they feel like you can tell because you can tell the difference between the girls who came up in the clubs and in the scene versus the ones who came up via instagram and youtube uh-huh. mm. i have that uh even when they're in the workroom like aquaria and the girls not she doesn't vibe with them in the way that you would if if you were kicking it in the club with somebody or like backstage. Exactly. Yeah. Like the younger crowd doesn't realize like sometimes you can go on stage and make one damn dollar to basically the sound person and the light person in the uh, audience. And then there's sometimes yeah. you can make money. It, it's just like they don't understand how hard it is hard it was to be a successful drag queen because you know a lot of people down here a lot of people down here have been working for five six seven years and still ain't getting booked Hmm. (laughs) well there's the (laughs) i mean (laughs) couldn't be booked if you put uh build them around a a bookshelf but I know a lot of queens like Eureka that tries to start, like Eureka and Aquaria, that likes to try to shit, start shit 
But then when you clap back on their ass, they play the victim. And it's that whole similar to, you know, a white girl getting all upset and bursting into tears when you uh, check their asses. It's, it's just the same fucking thing. And then she did that. Ugh. I was like, here she go again. I knew exactly what I was going when she did that. Uh, Academy Award nomination ass having performance. <laughs> you don't get the entire fuck. Did you like, uh, what were some of your favorite looks from that runway challenge? I like Cameron Michaels, her um, her Miami look. I think, because Cameron is borderline, she's a, uh, I think she's a cosplayer. Really? So she's, yeah, I think she's, um, she does a lot of fantasy type things. She's like Fifi O'Hara, except palatable. <laughs> Child, Fifi tried to come for us one uh, one time before. Uh, yes, Fifi tried to come. Her and I think it was Vicky, Vicky Vox, tried to come for us saying um, about Thor, uh, Hela's, um, her her horns, her crown. And I was like, oh, the queens are going to love this when this comes out. And I was like, oh, the queens have already been doing that. I'm like, okay, you know girl, what? don't do all that. Don't do all that, because please don't make me gather you. It's always someone who has to bark and be like, I'm the first one to do it. People have been doing this. You late. Right. Let them enjoy it. Girl, go find that. Go back to Party City where you belong, Fifi. Yes. Yeah. Yes, go back. <laughs> Uh, Victor, did you have any favorite looks? Um, I did not see it. I, I always get Nick always gets me up, you know, gets me up and form with it, together. and then I would jump in and see it later, and I'm like, Lord, um, it's a great episode. I have to see because I've heard a lot about it, and so I haven't got around to see it yet. But I'm gonna probably see it probably while I'm on the plane. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. And I will say, Monet loved when they was talking about uh, Monet's kitty cat wigs. Mm-mm. There is not <laughs> There is not anything better than throwing on a little kitty cat wig and hitting the door cuz I live for a short little wig. Now, okay, question. Did they give Sasha Valor this kind of grief about being a bald queen? You know they didn't. Mm. And that is a very good point to make cuz I actually like the short hair on Monet. Yeah, I do too. Mhm. You don't have to be bothered with all that hoopla and, you know, your barrel curls falling out and <laughs> your hairline looking like whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, it worked. I think it works for her, but yeah. I don't understand, like, the you need to do more with that because they do just crowned a bald queen who never wore a wig. <laughs> okay. And then, like, well, yeah, she took, took off her wig during the, uh, the finale. Yeah. And when you're in New York, I mean, it's it's not like here in Kentucky where you can get ready at the house and then drive to with no kind of traffic to the bar. I mean, you got to hop on a, a train to the B train to the C to D and you got to do all this hoopla yeah. to get to where you're going. And you don't even be uh, worried about your 32 inches. And now you get to the club and they just two inches like you don't need to be worried about all that. So you throw in a little kitty cat wig. Lord, kitty cat wig. But yes, uh, there's no 
I don't have any particular favorites or anybody that's standing out. Do you, Ty? You know, I don't. But I will say, overall, I, I, I like the season more than the last few. Yes. I've, I've, been, that, I've been hearing that a lot, too. Season. I've been hearing that a lot. Also, this is another conversation. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't have any, like, there, to me, there's no frontrunner yet. But I'm definitely a fan of all the queens, even the ones who kind of get on my nerves. I still would like to see how their story is going to unfold. Yes. Who do you think is the next one to go? It's, I think it's either gonna it's either gonna be Asia or maybe Blair. Uh, because I feel like she's she's missing the mark way too much, and she's been safe a lot, but she thinks she's turning out every week, and she's kind of just like floating in the middle. Uh huh. I have a couple of stories about Asia. We'll take that offline too. Uh, Asia and Blair. You know, I, you know, I got the tea down here. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah, Blair, Blair, but, oh, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. No, I was gonna okay. say, um, but yeah, Asia. I already said, but Blair just she's just kind of. I think Blair is a dark horse because she flies under the radar. She doesn't say too much. And I was talking to, uh, about this with my partner. Like, if you're in a competition, yeah, sit back and let each, everybody else destroy each other and before you walk does. across that line. See, yeah. and it's a good when they were good game when they, they were when Eureka and Vixen are going back and forth. Blair was just sitting up on that couch, cuddled up, just watching. Right, with a little uh, drink. <laughs> and I still say she gives me, like, leave it to Beaver and Margaret. Yeah, yeah, she paints. She she even not just outside of the way she paints, but the way she constructs her drag body. Like she wears her titties like lower than most drag queens, and it kind of yeah. gives off a more realistic look. Uh-huh. But she cannot walk in those heels to save her oh, life. Well, you know, everybody has their strengths. Yeah. She she walks like she got osteoporosis. She walks like a little boy in heels. She does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. That's the review of Drag Race this week. All right. Well, let's. We got. We got a, just a couple of more big things that that's happened. Um, so, in the in the DCEU, um, we have some interesting news because they have found um, a new director um, and a new writer. Um, for a couple of their projects. For example, Kathy Yan will be, is the choice to be basically the director of the next Harley Quinn movie and possibly, um, I think, Birds of Prey. Um, so that was kind of announced this week. Now, Kathy Yan, um, she um, is is very talented as well as uh, what I have been told and what I've read about. She is going to be um, working with um, Jeff Johns um, to get this project together, but she is um, excited to be taking over this particular piece um, as well as um, uh, the actress herself. Margot is very happy. She wanted a woman director, um, so she got it. <laughs> and so she's going to be doing this. But not only that, we have Christina Hudson, who will be writing, I think, Batgirl. Now, Christina is half Asian and I think half British. So um, I just heard her on the podcast yesterday and she's very excited about this project. But she's also very passionate about making sure that it has a diverse 
um, staff on this. So she's very excited with this too. Now, if you want to look at how the DC EU is faring right now, they are doing very well when it comes to having diverse directors and writers on their projects. Their projects, well, that's a whole different subject. But right now, they're kind of killing it with them having, you know, actually having two Asian women kind of leading the helms when it comes to their next project. So I don't know what y'all think of that. Um, I think it's exciting. What do y'all think about um, these well, two women? Well, don't forget they have Ava. Uh, yes. Have Ava and as well. Patty. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a good win. This is a good look for them now. I don't, I don't want to praise them just yet because they got a lot of shit to fix over there because yeah. you know they we it's just a mess it's just a mess over at dc but this is it's a good look mm-hmm. i'll say that i'm interested to see where it goes yeah yeah um no. hey, um i think her name is kathy young right kathy ann yeah, Kathy Ann. Mm-hmm. She um she's a relatively young director and she doesn't have a lot of work under her belt. But I think it's good when bigger uh bigger uh, production companies reach out to young directors like this because mm-hmm. they're willing to take a chance on someone's fresh vision. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that she uh, debuted at uh, Sundance last year with uh her film was called Dead Pigs. Yeah. I uh, I haven't I don't exactly know what that is about, but I've heard it it's got very, uh, good re- good reviews. A title gives me pause. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's basically it's it's what I what I'm seeing is it's kind of a about um a bunch of dead pigs are floating silently towards China, um and mostly in Shanghai, and they're struggling to explain the phenomenon of what's happening, and this is kind of a story about that phenomenon and what's really happening, and you know, kind of the what's going on with some of the businesses around the area. Um, it's that's what I'm getting, but some I've heard that it was an interesting watch, interesting film, whatever it was. So, you know, there's a couple of clips online. So if y'all are very interested, check it out just to see what her work is. Um, jumping back to Christina, Christina is also working on the spinoff for Transformers is Bumblebee. Do we really need that though? Mm. No. The studio does. They need that money. <laughs> well, well, I guess you know the only tra- the only good Transformers movie was the very first one. Mm-hmm. After that, child, I don't know what happened. It yeah. got very weird. Yeah, and um, the I, you know I will say you know good job DCEU for you know getting women getting more involved. You are taking a little bit more of a leap than you know Marvel, but what we would love for you to do is take a little bit more leap in your storylines and your content so hopefully we will see a little bit more as we go further but speaking of dc this is the 80th birthday of superman so happy birthday superman uh his 1000th comic comes out today i think for um action comics comes out today so we want to pick that up that should be interesting to read um they also did a promotion where it's like you get underwear that said the trunks are back so you know the gays are out there, you know, putting sorry, on these. What? The trunks are back. Underwear? Yes, they have like these little red underwear. Um, you can see them already on Twitter. They're already posting. You know them and the you know folks in the underwear. Straps. 
you got some folks who are doing the thirst traps with them. Some folks don't have booties, but they're doing it anyway. And so, therefore, we're seeing a lot of that. Um, so if you, cardboard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, um, they do a promotional thing for it. But, yeah, you know, Superman is 80. Um, um, anybody have a favorite Superman? My, mine will always be Christopher Reeve. But I'm not going to lie. Henry. Cavill. Henry, mm, he's been some of these. His GQ spread right now is something else. Uh, now, are are we basing this off of looks or performance? Okay, that was just me being shallow for a moment, but for performance, Christopher yeah, Reeve. That was, that was her being a whore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Reeve too. You know, I he can get it. Well, but you know what I mean. But anyway, Christopher yeah. Reeve um, is my favorite Superman. Six feet under no longer with us. But you know what? There is what American Horror Story taught us that we can have sex with ghosts. You know what? Uh, You're right. But yeah. <laughs> but we're not. I'm like. I'm not gonna disrespect that man and his family. But the the point is, he's my favorite Superman. When it comes to looks, uh, Henry, because Henry, Lord have mercy, killing it. Henry really needs to be in a Tom of Finland adaptation. Wow. <laughs> but you gonna tell me I'm lying though? Don't he look like? Say I didn't say you were lying. I just said wow. You know well, I would like to see him in some me. provocative things, but the, I don't want to do that to him like that. But he better go ahead and get that leather on and toss somebody's salad. Yeah, stop you, looking around. I'm mad because you jumped. You know what? Me. I can actually see this. See? Yeah. With, mustache, yeah, a little mustache of his. Uh-huh. Like, I see him, yeah, I see him as a little bit dirtier than I see Christopher, as I see Chris um, Evans. Like, I see Chris Evans is kind of that nice one, but I feel like Henry would get a little dark if you need him, if you need him to get that way. Chris Evans would be on Sean Cody, and Henry would be on Tim Hill. <laughs> no, Henry, Henry, Henry would be on either Raging Stallion or not men, but he'll be on the Raging Stallion or hmm, Titan. Titan Man. Titan's good. Okay. Yeah, Titan. I didn't know we were doing this. <laughs> no, this is how we this is how we get sometimes. We get <laughs> we get into it. You know, I see Chris Evans because he's a little, what, he's, how old is he now? Like in his mid 30s? Yeah, he's like 36, 37. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm seeing him more like a Randy Blue. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that, but Randy Blue is kind of gone because pretty much people have, they like, I know Jeremy, a lot of them have left and done their own stuff. Um, That's true. That's true. So, I, know all I can that. see him in men. I can see him in men. Yeah. Or men at, is men and men at play the same thing? No, those two separate things. And I'm okay, men, that's so. all right. Yeah, they're two separate things. No, I I can see them both on men because men is they have like two types nowadays. Now, um, what are the two types, Victor? Well, they have like kind of the <laughs> they have like kind of the the good the good you know the good boy, and then they have kind of the rough ones. You know, some of the rough ones are something else. But yeah, they have a little bit of both. So I can see them. They can I can see them on both on men. Um, actually, not, I could see them in next door. Yeah, next door sometimes has some 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 gems. Yeah, 
Because they run the gamut between, like, younger and older. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They do. They I can't do. have this conversation. <laughs> but, you know, I will all, but, you know, I think only, only, um, Henry can probably be on Tim Tails, though. Because I think that he, he can probably fit with I'm Tim sorry, Tails. who could be on Tim Tails? Um, Henry. Henry. Henry Cavill. Yeah. Yes, yes, he could. As, as a, as a bottom? Whatever floats us both and finds us both. I mean, they have to all answer to him, so. <laughs> I mean, because uh, that, that's what I was thinking, so. <laughs> I mean. If he okay, were up, it would be, uh, I think it would be a bottom. Yeah. I'm going to put that out there. Yeah, we could put that out there. I would actually say the same for um, Chris Evans. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I see that. Cause this is what we're doing, y'all. Well, we're, we're about to tie it up. We're about to tie up with one last piece uh, about Steven Spielberg. Now, speaking of DCEU, um, they no, was, we got two more things with ECU. Cause actually, they've been showing out. No, we got one more thing. I, I apologize. So Steven Spielberg, he's going to be directing Black Hawk, um, which is kind of a it's it's an interesting comic. Um, he's going to be joining them doing this movie that I don't know if people have asked for, but we'll see what this looks like. Um, Steven Spielberg has a format, so you know it's going to be in that format. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but what the last thing I want to spend time on is the fact that Lucasfilm finally has a black woman in their ranks, and she's going to be kind of the one of the first... She's, she's the first black woman directing in this and her name is victoria mahoney i think it's mahoney um she is now joining them and they've been talking about this all week so she's going to be joining um jj abrams working with him um in the final installment of the skywalker saga so the next episode directing that film she's going to be the second unit director yeah, so she's yeah, going to that. basically going to be in charge of like stunts, mm-hmm. reshoots, uh, that type of thing. Also, yes. oh, it's going to be it's going to be good this time. It, it probably <laughs> will. You said it. It probably will because you know we, you know, you know, black women right now when it comes to this stuff can see things that nobody else can. So I'm I'm sure she's going to make sure stories are being told, and hopefully, we'll have some women of color mixed up in this as well. Let's hope so, because it's very uh, white, and I like mayonnaise, but I don't like heavy mayonnaise. Uh, I'm mad at that. I would hope that they utilize, uh, what was the the young woman who uh, had her debut in the last film? Kelly Marie Tran? Yes. Yes. Better, um, because I actually really enjoyed her in the last film. She was one of the better parts of it to me. Yeah. But the end, are we... Spoilers are spoilers, but um, when she kisses Finn at, at the end, I'm like, why? What? At what, what point? That just this... odd. Yeah. At what point did they develop some kind of connection to for her to do that? Well, no, it's because she. I think she's crushing on him because of you know what he stood for. Because remember, she was looking at him as the hero, but also just being close to him. And you know, think about it. If we were close to somebody we thought who was a hero and they were fine. And we've been going through all these life and death situations. That you know, at one point, you're gonna probably want to. You may you may develop something for that person, especially if you already thought all of that way. All of that would work if she wasn't if her driving motivation wasn't the revenge of her sister. Hmm, that's a good point. 
I didn't see it for it. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? No. All of a sudden, you want to get this nut from this man uh, that you just uh, met like 20 but, but minutes ago? To be... It like, may have been like a couple of days beforehand. Maybe like a day or two. Yeah, that's right. True. I understand if you was at a rave, girl, you would have popped some mollies and whatnot. That's but damn, y'all was in like a life or death situation, and now all of a sudden you want him to get your goose. <laughs> Oh, no, not goose. <laughs> <laughs> you want him to chew up on your bubble gum. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Hubba bubba. But yes, so yes, Victoria. Oh, bubble gum. <laughs> right. like, I didn't see it. Victoria McHoney, she, um, Mahoney is, you know, she's killing it, and we know it's going to be good. I can't wait to see and hear what she has to say. Um, this was all tweeted out Monday. Ava, you know, put it out there. And, and I saw talks about it because I saw that um, Victoria, or she goes by Vic Mahoney um, on Twitter, um, kind of mentioned that she has something to share. And now the cat's out of the bag, as she said. And I'm really excited. Um, I like that they're moving forward. But what I would like to see is, is, is keep this running. More black women. More black women in the game. More queer men in the game, too. I, mean, I, I was about to say, I'm really hoping that we get we get some kind of big budget production that has a queer director, or specifically a black queer director. Yes. But, you know. Small steps. Like a DC or a Marvel production. Yeah, I would love that. So we can have something out there. You know, I'm, I'm looking for that. I mean, after Love, Simon, I feel like it's, I, I really want. I still haven't seen it. You will. I haven't either. Well. Is it good? She don't like the white ladies. <laughs> It's cute. I mean, do you? <laughs> I well, I. Mm, it's cute. <laughs> this is the safe space. You can be honest. You know they get on my goddamn nerves a lot of the time. <laughs> Same. But it, it's it's cute. But I just felt like after seeing the fact that there was a black queer male who was femme and basically did all the heavy lifting, and to see that. The way he was treated, I just felt like you know what I I don't because I felt Aww. like I felt like Lamar Latrell got more respect in Revenge of the Nerds than this character Ethan did in this movie, and I just felt like and to me I always say that that's my role model because you look at him and the fact that yeah I mean he was supposed to be a caricature but in a lot of ways Lamar Latrell is real life that is what a lot of us are we are film we are out there we are black we are smart he was a black queer nerd who was himself. And proudly himself and was accepted for that. So that's why I was looking at him as my role model. But the fact that they didn't even give this guy as much agency as he's deserved, I could not really enjoy the movie that much. But again, this is coming from a black male perspective. I understand that every, the white gay you know, people love Simon. But me, it was all about Ethan. And so... Well, that's why we need, that's why we need people in those positions to tell mm -hmm. our stories. Or at least present other perspectives yeah because there needs to be at the very least there needs to be someone in the writer's room or someone as a as a as a producer who's saying hey we have different people going to see this movie it's mm -hmm. not just white straight men anymore or even white straight women yeah Concerning i mean content, move, we need move. to be able to make something that's palatable true or at least yeah i feel like moonlight is there is like here's the example of what we need to you saw what happened Oscar. None of your none of your other hoes got Oscars for anything that you did. So yeah. think about that and think about what type of stories you want to tell. So that's how I look at it. This is why I even this is why I write because I want to make sure that we see ourselves somewhere down the road, 
and whatever I do, I want to make sure you see it queer first. Okay. Well, you. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, I think that is it. We gave y'all a lot today. Yeah, it's a, a sweet and condensed show. Yes. You know, it's a diet. Diet make a shame. Uh, so, Todd, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Thank can you for having me. Can you tell everybody where they can find you on these interwebs and whatnots? Um, I can be found. Well, I'm kind of taking a Twitter break right now, but uh, you can find me at Ty the Robot on all, all social media. Um, I'm usually more active on Instagram these days and just, you know, trying new things. But I'm working really hard at, at these at uh, new things, and I will be back in June on Twitter. I've got something special planned, uh, not on t- for Twitter, but just uh, in general. Uh-huh. I've got something special planned for June that you guys may see on the screen. Uh-uh. Oh, will it be television? I don't know, Ooh. but we will uh, we will see come June. All right. Oh, he's a storer. <laughs> <laughs> And like always, you can find us at Megashine Pod on Twitter. I'm at Porter Pizzazz. Victor's at Wonderman5. You can find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. Follow us on Facebook at Megashine Pod. Also on Instagram at the. Are we at the Megashine or Megashine Pod? I can never remember. Megashine Pod. Megashine Pod. If you have any questions, comments, you can email us at megashing6 at gmail.com. You can go to our website, megashingpod.com. Uh, we are going to take a break next week uh, to get ready for Universal Fan Con, which is, like I said, next week. So you still got time to get your tickets. Go ahead and get that flight together. Um, if you got to shake some booty meat for uh, some some money oh, no. for a flight, go ahead. No. No. Hide your other reasons, children. You don't need to. You don't need to sell bits for that. Well, closed legs don't get fed. Oh Lord. Okay. Uh, oh, hit the, hit the streets, girl. <laughs> hit the street. The street. The street. <laughs> no, don't be doing that, y'all. Anyway, I'm kidding. Uh, anything else before we get about it here? I think we covered everything. No. Um, hey, New York, I'll be there next week, so I'm enjoying that. And then we'll see us, Universal You're Fan You're coming to New York? Yes. Why wasn't I in What was that? <laughs> Why wasn't I in I'm, Well, I'm telling everybody now. I'm coming to New York. I will oh. be there um, for a week um, for work, but I will be there. Um, and so... You're working gal. So if you know, you know, I want to, you know, holler at me. I will be around. I'll try to be. I'm going to see the Donna Summer musical. While I'm there too, so I will. Like a good homosexual. I have to. Come on, MacArthur Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody left that damn cake. <laughs> All right. Well, that is us for this week. We'll see y'all. We'll, we'll, we'll you'll see us at Universal Fan Con if you go. Right. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody.